Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. If you are wanting to implement a little tiny one percenter that over time will be game changing for you, I call them pause moments where you have little moments where you just pause, stop what you're doing, take a breath, come back to your center and then continue. Trust me, this was a game changer for me, pause moments. And if you want to know how to create habits, go and read Atomic Habits by James Clear or just do a habit association thing, simple as this sticky note that says pause, stick it somewhere that you already have a habitual practice. So brushing your teeth, putting the kettle on, doing the dishes, wherever there's something that you habitually do every day anyway, just get a sticky note, write pause on it, stick it next to the coffee machine. When you go to make your coffee, you see it and you go, ah, pause, take a breath and continue. What happens is the habits associate with each other. And now I don't have a sticky note all around my house, but I have lots of things that remind me to pause. (laughs) Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Jem Fuller. He's a leadership coach and a culture coach. He's author of the award-winning book, The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men, and he's a TEDx speaker. Jem was previously a guest on episode 40, way back when, so it's great to have him back on the show for another conversation. At Flywheel Nation, our sponsor, we have the solution that will take your business to the next level. You're already doing great. With Flywheel Nation, you won't miss out on any game-changing connections or insights. Our vibrant community offers exclusive resources and the collective wisdom of high-impact achievers, ensuring that you experience accelerated growth, breakthrough insights, and powerful connections that will elevate your business. Act now. Secure your spot and transform your journey today. Join us at innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. In our conversation, Jem and I talk about the concept of conscious communication and the impact it can have on leaders. Here are three key takeaways. Be aware of the impact of our communication on the other person and be mindful of our choice of words, language and body language. Set aside judgment and actively listen to others to have a productive conversation, avoiding ego putting up a defence shield. 
Cultivate emotional intelligence through mindfulness meditation. By embracing these concepts and working on our ability to communicate mindfully, we can deepen and enrich our relationship with others. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Jem Fuller. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz and I'm really excited to welcome today to the Innova Buzz podcast all the way from about 20 minutes drive from where I'm located in the surfing capital of Australia, Bells Beach, Jem Fuller. Welcome to the welcome back to the Innova Buzz podcast, Jim, because we've had you on before. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for having me back, Jürgen. And I was thinking about it. Uh, I've been excited to come and talk with you again, and thinking about how long we've known each other now. And I reckon we we could probably qualify as saying we're old mates. Yeah, that's right. So uh, this is a little unusual in the podcast in that we've got two Aussie accents, and as you say, we've known each other for quite some time. We've crossed paths in many different events and networks, and it's um, been really fascinating to watch your progress and see your business develop. And the latest thing which kind of prompted this conversation was your new book, which is The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men. It sounds fascinating, and I'm really keen to explore that some more with you. Before we do that, I'd like to start off asking every guest, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Jim? <laughs> it depends who you ask, I guess. <laughs> I, look, the, the impact that I'm having um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis is helping leaders communicate more effectively. And you know, that's the, the snapshot of it. But that means so much more when you, when you start to look more deeply into it. But yeah, the sound bite would be helping leaders communicate more effectively. Mm. Wonderful. And of course, that ties in with the book, the idea of communication and then leadership. Now, talk to us about conscious communication. What, what do you mean by conscious communication as opposed to communication? Yeah, sure. Quite simply, to be more conscious of anything is to be more aware of it. Um, so the more self-conscious you are, the more aware of yourself you are, um, the more conscious of, of anything, the more aware. So the idea is that when we can be more conscious of the communication itself, uh, that we are better in our part, either as listener seeking to understand or as the, the person who's sharing or speaking or communicating in any way, hoping to be understood, the more conscious we are of the communication itself. And communication originally comes from the Latin noun communicatio, which means a sharing, and the Latin verb communicare, which means to make common. So the idea of communication is it's not a telling, or, you know, um, it's, it's, it's about more than one person communication, and sometimes groups of people understanding, sharing and, and understanding each other, coming to some common ground. So to be conscious of the communication itself is to be able to be aware of what is the purpose of this communication right now? Um, where are the other people involved in this communication? Where are they possibly at, you know, right now? And where am I getting in the way of the communication? Where, where is my agenda perhaps um, making me blinkered or closed-minded to other perspectives? Mm. Mm, fascinating. And that's self-awareness. I'm, I'm guessing that's 
around being careful about our choice of words, our choice of language, our choice of whatever else we do, because we're always communicating, even when our mouth is shut, right? And yeah. also being aware of the impact that's having on the other person. Is it meeting my objective? Here's what I want to achieve with this communication. Am I actually getting that result? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're naturally um, pretty good as in terms of as a species, we, uh, we have really high sensory acuity, generally speaking, some more than others, but we read, you know, lots of very subtle cues subconsciously. We pick up on stuff, you know, to the, the tone of the skin and the changing tone of skin color in, in moments of emotional affectation or tone of voice, certainly. Um, you know, but even down to all of the senses mm. uh, are engaged in communication. And that's why it's easier to communicate when you're in the same room with someone as, as, as opposed to through different mediums. Um, so we are, we are pretty finely attuned. However, having said that, we are also um, very much stuck in our sense of identity, our ego. And our ego is necessarily defensive because it's a protection mechanism originally. And, and, and we identify with our politic, you know, with our ideas, our ideology, our religion, or whatever our firm beliefs are, form a sense of our sense of identity, who we think we are. And we get very, very defensive when, when that's challenged. <laughs> so if you're in communication with someone and they have an idea or, or a perspective or an opinion that is contrary, quote unquote, contrary to yours, different to yours, we can naturally tend to get very defensive and closed-minded and um, not open to seeking to understand. So to be more conscious of yourself in that moment mm. and go and to notice yourself going, wow, I'm, I'm getting a bit fired mm. up here and I'm queuing up. I'm, I'm waiting for a gap in the conversation to jump in and hammer my point home. <laughs> to be aware of that, go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm the farm, you know, take a breath. Let go of the need to defend so much. Everything's all right. And really seek to understand this other person. You know, come from a place of curiosity and, and really see if you can get some, fathom some sense of where they're coming from, you know, mm. with their point of view. And I, I think that does us, does humanity the world of good. Mm. You know, we've got the biggest problems we face, Jürgen, as you know, the biggest problems that humanity is facing don't discriminate. Yeah. Pandemics don't discriminate. Right. Yeah. Global yeah. warming does not discriminate. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what color your skin is or where you grew up or which God you believe in. You know, these, these bigger problems, they don't even mind about any of that. Mm. So for us to be able to put our differences to the side and communicate effectively and harness the power of diversity so that when we're in a conversation with people who are very different to us, that that's a potential win. That's that's potentially um, powerful because we can we can come with broader perspective to solve these big problems. So on a more kind of esoteric and you know macro level, I think this conscious communication is ultimately important. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of things there that I kind of triggered in my mind. Make a note of that. Come back to that. <laughs> I'll probably forget some of them, uh, but one of the ones that I think is worth exploring a little more 
is this concept of listening and you expressed it in terms of when we're having conversations, particularly if the other person we're talking to has raised something that, oh, I don't agree with that, that's contrary to my view or that's actually wrong, <laughs> I want to correct that, that in our minds we're then formulating our next thing that we're going to say, our next, uh, I mean, it might just be a question even, uh, if, if we're saying, okay, I want, I, I'm curious about that, I want to explore more, so maybe I'm formulating the question, but usually it's more uh, aggressive than that, I like to call it. It's like, no, I, I want to raise these three points, you know, to prove that you're actually wrong. And I haven't heard what you've said. I, I haven't been listening to what you've said because <laughs> the conversation has actually been going on in my head. Okay, how can I rebut this thing? So how can we take that step back and set aside that, that judgment and tell that voice in the head to, hey, quieten down, it's time to listen, and still come back and have a meaningful conversation around, well, that's fascinating that you say that. I happen to think differently and here's, here's the reasons why I, I have a different view. Mm. There's a few um, there's a few practices that can develop our ability to be more present and be more present in the conversation so that when the other person's speaking, that you can keep returning your focus back to them and, and really listening rather than formulating what you're going to ask or tell them next. Um, one of the most um, useful is not the word I'm looking for. One of the most effective practices I've found in training our ability to do that has been the dedicated practice of mindfulness meditation for me. And, you know, prior to 2014 through my life, traveling a lot of time in India and other places like this, you know, I dabbled with meditation here and there, but never had a, a regular practice and certainly not a regular practice of specifically mindfulness meditation as opposed to transcendental meditation or mantra, you know, the other ones that there are. And mindfulness meditation quite simply is training your ability to simply observe what you can notice in the present moment, anything that shows up in your conscious awareness. So that can be anything from sounds that you hear to physical sensations you can notice or the thoughts that you can notice in your head. And we are very, very distractible creatures. <laughs> We're very easily distracted. You know, for the listeners, if you even just uh, ran this experiment, if you close your eyes and take all of your attention to your breath and just count how many breaths you can be completely focused on without getting distracted by your thoughts, you're just focusing all of your attention on the inhalation and the exhalation and count one, two, and so on. You'll be lucky if you get past three, <laughs> certainly not five, right? We're, we're very easily distractible. So, so that means we're distractible in all situations, unless we're in the zone in that moment of flow that we experience when we're doing something that we love doing and we're completely absorbed in and we lose track of time and we forget ourselves. Then we're in, then we're in flow state. So that's the exception to this. But if you're not in flow state, you're getting distracted very quickly all the time. And that includes in, in communication, in conversation. So it's pretty tricky to listen to someone and give them all of your focus 
and attention without being distracted by the thoughts, the commentary that's going on in your own head. That's very normal. However, the practice of mindfulness meditation, some of the longer term benefits of that is that you actually do develop your ability to focus and to be present in a moment. And it's quite an exquisite skill to develop for, for relationships because the person that you're in the conversation with, they, they feel that. You know, you, you, it, we, can, we can tell if someone's really present and listening or if they're a bit distracted. We can tell. And when you, have, when you can develop the ability to stay focused for that person, it's a gift. You know? And I've noticed that the, more, the better you get at listening, the other person, their ability to communicate improves. They become more eloquent. They become more free-flowing with their speech. Mm. Whereas if, if you're distracted and not really listening, people tend to feel unheard and they start stumbling yeah. over their ability to communicate. You know, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? That um, I hadn't actually thought of it in that way. But now that you mention it, it's, uh, I mean, at a very basic level, people, when they feel ignored, start to speak louder or start to shout. You know, that's how arguments start, right? They, they don't feel heard, yeah. so we start shouting, start sort of getting really agitated. Yeah, yeah, and when they're not calm, when they're agitated, when, when any, any of us get agitated, our ability to think clearly and communicate concisely starts to wither you know we start stumbling over our you know if you've been in a conversation with someone and your emotions got the better of you you leave that conversation going oh, i could have said that so mm. much better you know and your mouth dries up and you you know you start to the, the the thoughts jumble in your head and you can't speak clearly so yeah the ability to um to remain centered and calm and focused and give that person all of your attention and curiosity um yeah, it's it's a, it's a gift for them, and also it's a, it helps the communication itself be more effective. Mm, wonderful. Now you wrote the book, "The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men," and so particularly targeted at men. Was that because you feel more qualified to speak to men, or do you think <laughs> do you think that men have more of an issue with this than women? Um, I, I had never thought of it like that in terms of feeling more qualified to, to talk to men because I'm male. Um, in fact, my, my, um, my, whether I'm male or not hasn't really affected a lot of decisions I've made through, through my business life. For example, I used to run women's mm. retreats in Bali and I felt, obviously felt very honored that women trusted me to come away and hold space and facilitate a retreat for women only. Um, but I, I, if I had been thinking about it at the time of designing this retreat, I would have thought, oh, maybe I can't do that because I'm male. I wasn't thinking like that. No, the, the, it ended up becoming for men because I had engaged a, a book writing mentor um, up in Sydney, a woman called Susan Pierce, who's a wonderful mentor. And as she was reading my manuscripts, which the original manuscripts were written, The Art of Conscious Communication for Anybody, and, uh, and Susan suggested that I needed to pick a niche, pick an mm -hmm. audience to write for. And she had the idea. She said, Jen, do you know what? I think, um, I think it'd be really good to write this book for men at this time. And at the time here in Australia, there were, there was a lot of hoo-ha in the papers about, um, the inappropriate behavior, dysfunctional behavior of some prominent males mm -hmm. 
in Australian culture, society, namely some politicians who were behaving abhorrently. And so it was in the, it was being spoken about that, um, you know, and, and my passion behind that is that, I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about all of humanity evolving and getting better at being us. But contextually in that conversation, I was pretty passionate about us blokes, we say here in Australia, about us blokes, um, upgrading the brand of, of man, of, of male, of what that is. And what can we do? Because all, all of my mates, all of my men, uh, and most men that I know are lovely people and, and don't want to hurt anyone or denigrate anyone and certainly are not sexist and that kind of thing. But there was so much cultural stuff that was just being got away with because that's just the way things are and no one really knows how to speak up and make a difference um, and, and, and communicate. You know, and I, so when, when she, she suggested the book for, for men, I started thinking about it and, you know, we've created generations of men that came from boys that were told to toughen yeah. up, man up, suck it up, harden up, don't cry like a girl. You are not allowed to be vulnerable. You are not allowed to be emotional. And so we've, we've created these generations of men here in Australia and also in the States when I'm chatting with mates over there of men who, um, you know, their access to emotions are either ecstasy, like we just scored a touchdown in the footy, you little beauty, or anger and rage and, and sometimes violence. But the, the, the whole palette of emotional range between those two extremes, they don't feel that they've been allowed to access. So they've, they've kind of excommunicated themselves from and don't even know how, when you ask, when you ask a guy, how do you feel about that? They're like, I don't know. What do you mean? How do I feel about it? It's just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know? So I think there's, um, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity for men to start talking about this stuff, to start exploring how they do feel about things, to explore what the emotional um, access is that they have. And then how can I communicate that with my partner, with my children, with my team? Mm. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a really important point. And I, I was, doing some work with a, a coach a little while ago on presenting on camera and just sort of bringing out my own style and character on camera in a way that people would find engaging the right people the people that sort of you know i would resonate with find engaging and he asked me how do you feel it was interesting and i can't remember exactly what i said but i think i, I feel pretty good and but i'm sort of challenged at the moment so somewhat frustrated but still really positive about it and he said well give me an emotion on a scale of like this 20 uh emotional words and i thought what are you talking about so he showed me this uh it's a circular chart with a range of different emotions that kind of at the extreme ends are uh, ecstasy and and rage uh, but there's this whole lot of stuff in between that some of the words I sorry yeah I know the word but I, it's not a word I ever use it's not a word it's like if somebody had asked me describe this particular feeling that you know describe that feeling that the word applies to the meaning of the word I'd never come up with the word 
Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's just we yeah. don't have the vocabulary often of this range of emotions to say, well, today, because it's it's kind of like on a scale of one to a hundred, how do you feel today? So you're not going to be a hundred or yeah. zero every day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, and also because we got taught that vulnerability is a weakness, mm. and we um, we exist in a patriarchal structure which means that the only way to survive or thrive is uh, is with dominance. So you've got to beat the kid in the playground or you've got to beat the kid on the footy team or you've got to beat the person who's going for the same promotion as you and you've got to, you've got to dominate to survive. That's what we get taught in, in a patriarchy. Um, and so, and vulnerability means that you won't win in that game, so you can't be vulnerable. So even just to express to someone how you're feeling about something even if it was just a, a passing emotion is not something that we're practiced at doing and then you take it to this extreme where you have a bloke who's experiencing anxiety and heaven forbid that he would admit that to anyone so he suffers in silence with anxiety um, and then obviously the worst case scenario is suicide which is more prevalent in males than females, funnily enough. And um, yeah, so look, I you know I think I think it's good that we're that for example, you and I are having this conversation now. Hopefully, someone hears this and goes, "Wow, maybe there is some opportunity for me to expand into my ability to to be in touch with how I'm feeling about things, and then have the courage to share that with people around me who I feel safe with, or people around me who care, mm. um, because I think it's a healthy thing to do." Yeah, yeah. So how do we how do we access that bigger range of emotions in a way that, first of all, we can acknowledge to ourselves, like I'm feeling really excited today, but then tomorrow I might I might still be feeling good, but it's not quite the same excitement level. So how do I express that, and how do I express it when I'm feeling a little bit off, but not really that bad? It's nothing that I could complain about, but it's just a little off. So how do I access, how do I train myself to access those range of feelings in a way that it's not complaining, um, I can admit it to myself, I can describe it, I can talk to a trusted person and just share with them how I'm feeling? Well, there's a, there's a, a process that I came up with um, that I think is quite effective. And it's to, first of all, um, say to yourself, look, this is something that I'm curious about exploring within myself, some introspection and some contemplation. I am interested in exploring that, um, you know, whether and whatever the leverage for that, whatever the reason that's strong enough for you to want to dedicate some time to that, whether it's that your partner um, in your marriage or in your relationship is saying to you, you know, I, I can't communicate with you. I, you. You feel like an island to me. Um, you know, I, I don't. I never know how you're feeling. You don't. You don't communicate. You're not expressing to me where you're at. I don't get you. You know, if that's the kind mm. of conversations that you've been having with your with a loved one, say for example, um, or if you've got children and you want to be the best version of parent that you can be for your children, whatever the leverage is, the the emotional reason to want to do this, use that. Dedicate some time each week and communicate that. If you've got a family, communicate it with your family or if you've got friends or if you're in a share house, 
communicate it with the people that you live with and say, hey, do you know what? On a Sunday afternoon between about two and three, I'm just going to go and sit under my favorite tree in the backyard and I'm, I'm going to go and sit and just, I'm going to be doing some introspection, some contemplation. I'm just going to be looking within and exploring my emotions, exploring how I feel. Um, that's what daddy's doing when I go and sit under the tree <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. If you guys could give me a bit of space to do that, that'd be great. What I love about communicating this to your family or to the, the living group that you're in is that you are then also leading by example. If you've got kids, they're going, wow, it's okay to go and sit and have some time to contemplate my emotions. So step one, set the time aside, make it a thing. Go and sit under the tree and just, you know, examine, gently examine within, do, can you detect any sort of mood? Um, are you feeling tired or are you feeling alert? Are you feeling um, a bit not happy or are you feeling happy are you feeling whatever it is just start to explore it if you don't have the vocab for it that's fine i'm going to share with you a second part that goes with this but this first part is just to create some time to contemplate and see if you can find some words to describe your state of being and then when you're finished go to either your partner or someone close to you that that loves you and cares and say hey is it all right with you if I just have a crack, have a go at trying to communicate how I'm feeling? I might stumble over my words and I might not have the vocab right now, but is it okay with you if I give it a, give it a crack? You know? um, so then you just actually start practicing saying how you feel. If you're looking for a, a, a broader range of vocab to help you do that, go and grab Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. Hmm. It's a whole big, massive book that explores the atlas of emotions. Um, she's got plenty of words and definitions and understandings and nuances and everything. So you could go in there and you'll have the whole vocab okay. you need. That's on my reading list, but I haven't got to it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hmm. yes. So you'll you'll see that in there. Um, you know, yeah. Hmm. All right. That's a, a fascinating exercise. And I guess in, in some ways I'd do a lot of self-reflection, but it's more about understanding goals and and where I'm at with those goals rather than digging into feelings. Because I tend to be fairly positive, so I don't have an issue with anxiety as much. But of course, there'll be things that happen in the external environment where I, I will think to myself, or I will have some moments where I feel sorry for myself <laughs> and rather than saying, well, what can I control? Because it happened and there's, there's no yeah, changing yeah. that. <laughs> so what can I control? Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually it takes me maybe 15, 20 minutes to get to the point where, okay, what do I need to do? What can I do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's communicating how you're feeling, even mm. just that. By saying, "Wow, I'm I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself, right?" Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a, a great um, great technique, and I'm sure that um, there'll be lots of great resources in Renee Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, um, particularly with the different words for the emotion, where I, I probably need to do a fair bit of work myself. Um. So you mentioned earlier that you uh, run, you did run retreats for women 
in Bali, and I know that's the. I thought of that when I read the book title, and I thought, hmm, that's an interesting sort of contradiction there. <laughs> Uh, I also know that you run retreats in the Himalayas and I believe you're still doing that. So tell us a little bit more about those and how that links in with this whole communication um, passion that you're, you're living. Yeah, yeah. So this year, excited to say that, um, you know, having come out the other side of the last mm. few years that we all went through. Uh, so, yeah, the retreats are back on, which is exciting. Uh, and the and the Bali retreat is now not just for women. The Bali retreat is for anyone. Um, we've also opened it up uh, for for twin share and couples, which is great. And we run a retreat here in Australia called the Conscious Couple, which is a, a beautiful five star lush spa boutique uh, retreat down in Point Lonsdale in Victoria in Australia. So there's the Himalaya one later on in the year around October, the Bali one in August, and and the one here in Victoria in Australia in July. And they, they tie into communication in terms of the content that we teach on these retreats. And the content is based around four different conversations. So there's a conversation about a functional sense of self, so your relationship with self. And, and a, a lot of your relationship with yourself is, is to do with the communication, the internal communication, and the self-talk but also a functional sense of identity. So we all have an ego necessarily. We all have a sense of who we think we are. And, um, you know, is that is that something you can upgrade? Is that something that you can have something to say about in terms of how you identify? Uh, I believe it is, and we talk about that. Then the second conversation is a conversation around being a part of the greater system. So as much as you feel like you're separate from everything, in actual fact, you are intrinsically and inseparably a part of the greater system. And when we can remember that, how do we more easily access flow? How do we more easily access our, that state of being when we're, you know, when things seem to be easier for us? The third conversation is around a reconnection or a, or a design and development of a sense of purpose or meaningful life. And that you get to actually design that yourself. And, you know, to one from one perspective from the perspective of a mountain or from the perspective of a tree or or a river there's no meaning to life you know it just is life just is and the universe is expanding and and there we go but from the human perspective a sense of purpose or meaning is um is really an intrinsic part of who we are and when we do have a sense of purpose or meaning to our work or to our life um, it's beneficial for us in many ways. So we talk about that. And then the fourth conversation is a connection to others. So understanding the code, the matrix of, of human behavior, understanding people who are very different to you behaviorally. You know, those people you look at and go, <laughs> how do you operate? I really have got no idea. How are you receiving this information? How are you processing it? How are you making those decisions you make? <laughs> right? Um, so those people that are really different to us, we can understand each other through understanding the human behavioral matrix, the code, um, much better than we currently do. And that then um, improves our ability for compassion, for uh, less conditional love, for communication, rapport, um, collaboration, you know, all, all these wonderful things that we need being societal creatures. 
So yeah, so the last conversation that we have on these retreats is around connection and communication with others. Mm. Um, so that's how it all kind of ties in. And um, the, those four conversations are outlined actually in, in my free book, the ebook that I wrote some time ago called What Matters Most. If anyone wants to grab that off my website, that's free. And you'll get a deeper understanding of what I'm talking about in those conversations there. But, you know, in a long answer to your question, how do the retreats tie into the communication piece? My coaching practice is coming up 10 years old now. And by far, the most resounding theme that comes up with all of my clients is communication. You know, it's where we trip over the most. You'll have a, you'll have a, a leader of the sales department and a leader of the finance department in the same organization and employed by the same organization who are at loggerheads with each other and they're just missing each other and it's just conflict at work and it's just they're just missing each other in the communication and when you when they learn to communicate more effectively with each other and remember that they actually both want the same yeah. higher purpose of that of that organization when we can when we can improve the communication then it works better. It's the same in romantic relationships. It's the same with parenting. It's the same um, across the board. It's the same as we look at the, the global state of play now where there's been a lot of division created um, intentionally, probably politically, but using the social media platforms to create an us and them, so pro-life or pro-choice, pro-vax or anti-vax, red or blue, left or right, black or white, right? creating all of this division <clears throat> and people, the people's ability to communicate has gone out the window. They've just got the caps lock on and they're just shouting at each other as keyboard warriors and cancelling each other on Twitter. That's right, yeah. And that's not evolving humanity at all. That's just kind of, that's a devolution. So, you know, it's, um, it's pretty apparent to me that communication is one of the things I think we should be you know, focusing on getting much better at. And it's funny, Jürgen, because I think because communication is so inherently uh, important in every aspect of our life, we take it for granted. Mm. We've kind of forgotten about it because it's, you know, we need each other with, without us figuring out how to work as, as a society. We wouldn't have been evolved off the savannah plains. We wouldn't have survived. The only way we could survive as a species was okay. to work together, yeah. connect. And the only way we can connect is with language, with communication. Not the only way, but that's the fundamental part of us understanding ourselves and then working together is to be able to communicate. So we take it very much for granted. But um, yeah, in a lot of what I'm looking at, it, it's the communication's pretty yeah. poor. <laughs> yeah, and I think these days with modern technology, we also make the assumption that because we've now got email, we've got text messages, we've got the social media. Um, it's so much easier to communicate with people, but actually it's it's yeah. a lot more difficult to communicate consciously, to communicate meaningfully. Uh, and, and yet yeah. there's, there's so many things that you can do with the technology. I mean, I'm very passionate about making podcasting, making marketing human again, which is all, it kind of comes back to this idea of communication. It's really like, you know, it's all about building a relationship with somebody else. It's not about shouting at them or trying to sell them something that they don't necessarily need. It's about understanding yeah. what it is that they need. And, and if it happens to be what I've 
I'm good at and what I can offer, well, then we can enter that conversation of uh, a sale, a potential sale. But that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm coming from with that. But the idea that we can email people, we can SMS people, um, and we've got this magic little handheld computer that everybody seems to own one or more of these days. And uh, we forget that you can actually use them to phone people and talk to them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can even, um, <clears throat> you can even just like in the, in the good old days, you can even ring someone unannounced. <laughs> yeah. Heaven forbid, without texting them first and saying, "Do you mind yeah, if yeah, I ring can you?" I make an appointment. Uh, I, I quite enjoy, <laughs> I quite enjoy doing that. I, if I'm driving somewhere and you've got the, the phones on hands free, and I think of someone, and I'll just say, "Hey, device, yeah. call so and so," and they they either pick up or it goes to voicemail. One of the, either or, and if they pick up, I say, oh, "I was just thinking of you. I just wanted to reach out and say good day." And tell you I love you and see how you are, you know. And they're like, oh, my God, what? They kind of stops them in their tracks a bit. They go, I remember those yeah. days where we used to just pick up the phone and call each other. And, you know, so that's me doing it um, socially mm. to um, to, um, in, to input, to, to nourish mm. relationships because relationships are, you know, so important. Um, but, you know, I use this as a strategy with leaders, you know, so you've got a leader and, and say they've got six people in their team that report to them. And then those six people have six people in their teams that report to them. So you've got this front line. And, uh, and I say to the, the leader, the senior leader, you know, the, the levity, the, the, the value that you can get out of picking up your phone on the way home from work on a Friday and calling someone on the front line and saying, Hey, I heard about that win that you had, um, with a customer the other day. I just wanted to call you up and say, good on you. That's awesome. Mm. Right? Just that yeah. is worth its weight in gold now, more than it ever was before, because it doesn't That's happen right, anymore. Yeah. It's really different. You know, so so we can use communication like that to to great mm. effect. Yeah, and what what I'm doing a lot now also with um, international communications, and where where email is probably more appropriate, but putting an audio or a video into the email that I've done specifically for that person, so it's not. A templated yeah. thing. It's it's actually, hey Jim, I really enjoyed our conversation. We chatted about all these things, and I had some follow. I might have some follow up questions that are specific, so I actually continue the conversation. But it's it's yeah. personal, and and whilst it's not real time, it's still um, particularly where we're in different time zones, and that uh, it, that can be really useful, and certainly. People have come back to me on that and said, "Oh my God, yeah, you sent me a personal video." Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's and and the same, you know, I suggest to my clients as well. Once a month, and this is to to lead executive leaders who've got you know a lot mm. of staff. Um, once a month, just hold your camera, hold your phone up, and just talk into the phone and go, "Hey, everyone, Jem here. I just wanted to share with you some wins we've had this mm. month." Um, we had this happen, which is awesome for all of us. This is how it positively affects you guys. I wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, we had so-and-so over in this department and they had a win here, that I, and I just wanted to shout out. That's awesome. You do a 30-second video on your phone, send it or get your EA to send it to all the staff just hmm. like that. It took 30 seconds to do that. And that 30-second face video call to all the staff 
and they're now feeling connected to the person who runs the organization when they never yeah. see you that's worth its weight in gold as well like mm. you're saying you know sending that video message it's it's pretty easy to do and it's it's worthwhile mm. i think excellent all right well on that nice positive note i think it's a good point to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round i know you've done this once before but it was quite some time ago when you were on i think what was it episode um it was in the first 50 wasn't it oh yeah it was have yeah i got it open here no i haven't all right not important somewhere yeah. somewhere near the somewhere yeah, near yeah. the start so the buzz our lightning round to the same five questions that I've asked every guest, and you've probably heard them before. And the uh, idea is that you'll—I can't remember <laughs> them, by the way. I'm not—I'm yeah. not prepped for Great. this at all. Well, there's no prep needed. Uh, the idea is just to give something that the uh, listener can go and do something awesome as a result of of that answer. So, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? <laughs> Mindfulness meditation. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Build that self-awareness and build that uh, insights into your own feelings. You know? Well, if I can just quickly mm -hmm. elaborate a little bit more and explain why. There's short-term benefits to mindfulness meditation, which is that you feel calm and relaxed afterwards. Um, and when you're calm and centered, your creativity is more mm -hmm. open. And there's longer-term benefits as well, that you develop the ability to be out of focus for prolonged periods of time. You also develop the ability to step outside of being identified in an emotion or a psychological state that you can step out of that, observe it, and it dissipates and you come back to your place of equanimity. When you are in a place of equanimity, calm-centeredness, your creative juices are so much more free to flow and, and you're way more open to coming up with brand new ideas, which is innovation, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a great... Uh, fantastic explanation and we, we do this exercise on some of our events and you may have actually participated in it where we kind of center people to focus on all their senses and keep them focusing back on one particular object that they select but then we go through all the senses and keep focusing them back because <laughs> like you said yeah. earlier in the conversation or very early on in the conversation that we all have struggle focusing but usually yeah. people tell me at the end of that gee I feel really relaxed and I feel really focused so all right, now what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Uh, um, go to places I've never been to. Get some perspective. Mm. Remove yourself from your normal paradigm. So if you stay where you live and you keep going to the same place backwards and forwards every day, you're stuck in this routine, um, then psychologically uh, you become kind of locked into a paradigm, mm. right? You can sometimes you can get little bits of new ideas, but it's only when you really go. That's why this retreat in the Himalaya works so well for mm. business owners. The business owners come away high up in the mountains, so literally and metaphorically yeah. having some mm. elevation to have perspective, and they're in a completely different culture, in a different world with space around them. They can look back to their the city that they come from, whether it's New York or whether it's Seattle or whether it's Sydney or Melbourne, they can look back and see their life and their business with perspective. That's when they go, oh, light bulb. I never saw it like that before, right? So the best thing I've been able to do for that, um, yeah, is to just go to places I've never mm. been to before. Morocco, Talia and I went to Morocco for the first time last year. It was yeah. awesome. So good to go somewhere new mm. again. Yeah, it's always, it's always exciting when you 
uh, somewhere new, isn't it? I mean, there's, it bring, and it brings up new challenges as well. Uh, like if you keep going to the mm. same place over and over, you've kind of got it. Okay, I know where everything is. I don't have to worry about yeah. getting lost. If you go to a new place, yeah. you you will get lost, and that's okay. <laughs> it's sort of it's kind of half the fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Do you have a favourite resource you use most often? Uh, yes, I do actually. It, it is um, Sam Harris's app called Waking Up, uh, and also his podcast Making Sense. That's the one I listen to the most. Um, so yeah, Sam Harris. You can look him up. His pod, the podcast is Making Sense, and his meditation app is called Waking Up. Okay, all right. Not familiar with that one, so we'll post that link in the show notes, and I'll check it out myself as well. <laughs> all right. Now, the best way to keep a client on track. Accountability, support, and, and, and it's interesting with accountability, you know, the old term thinking of accountability is that it's a disciplinary mm. thing that you, you, you're coming down on someone, I'm holding you accountable. Actually throw that out and, and rethink it. Accountability is um, support. I'm going to support you and, and it's coming from, quote, unquote, a place of love and care because I want you to thrive. So I'm going to be here for you and support you with accountability. And I, you know, I, it's more important now as a part of what I do as a coach than, than I ever realized it was in the early days. You know, anyone that's working with me on an ongoing basis, any of my one to one clients, every single Monday, they get a personal text from me saying, Hey, how are you going with that particular thing you said you were going to implement this week? And they know that text message is coming. <laughs> So they're way more likely to to do what they said they were going to do. Yeah, yeah that's good. If you get, build a yeah. routine in, isn't it? And, and they know they can expect that. And, oh, I've got to have an answer for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was having an interesting conversation with one of my future podcast guests. We we're just getting to know one another. Um, he he was reframing the whole idea of accountability, and you've got to find the intrinsic motivation in the other person. Mm. And I thought that was fascinating. So he talked about and that comes back to what we've been talking about in terms of communication doesn't it sort of you've got the extrinsic mm. motivation is kind of like i'm going to hold you accountable whereas the intrinsic motivation is what do i have inside me that's going to drive and fire that passion to actually do this task and get it done on time yeah so rather than the the extrinsic accountability being like i need you yeah, to yeah. do this where the intrinsic is, hey, I'm here to remind you what you really care about and what you're committed to doing mm. for your own, you know, thriving. Yeah, love it. All right, final question of the buzz. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Be yourself. Stop trying to be more like anybody else. <laughs> yeah, stop trying to be like other people. We fall over in comparison mm. so much. You know, it can lead to so much unnecessary suffering. I should be more like that person or I should be more like them or I should be doing better like that. Or, no, no, no. You should just be you, 100%. Back yourself and get on with it. It's interesting, Jürgen, there's, um, you know, that the study that's still going at Harvard, uh, the study on human adult development or the study on human happiness, they call it, and it's been going for 87 years mm -hmm. or something. And I was listening to some more findings from that the other day and they said that people in their, in their final you know, year or months or whatever, one of the biggest, most common regrets is that people regret wasting too much time worrying what yeah. other people thought yeah. about them. 
Yeah. You know, it's a common human regret from old people who are on their mm. way out. So, you know, I'm, I'm determined to keep um, training myself <laughs> to not mind what people think about me and just get on with it. And the paradox, you know, the paradox and, of that is that I worry a lot more about what other people think of me than anybody else. In fact, I, nobody yeah. <laughs> else worries a fra or cares a fraction of what I do about what they think of me than what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's kind of folly as well because people are going to have some, they're going to have an opinion of you um, whether you like yeah. it or not. And, and some people will think you're awesome and some people will think you're a douche. And that's actually not that's your right. business. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, yeah. who was it that said what other people yeah. think of me is none of my business? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it's what it's how you show up each mm. day. You know, are you showing up aligned to your values? Are you showing up in a way that you feel proud of? And you know, are you on your own mission? And are you and, and are your values aligned? And are you having a crack? You know, and be careful not to measure how good a person you are on your successes, mm. quote unquote, because we all have to fail forwards. We've got to make mistakes. We're not going to learn anything without making mistakes. Uh, so it's really more to do with your intention. Was my intention good? And did I have mm. a crack? You know, and if those two things are in place, you're all right. Get yeah, on with it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a whole other discussion around success and what does success mean and, and failing yeah. and what does that mean and what can we learn? I think that's another yeah. another episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jim. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, about the work you do, about the retreats and get a hold of the book? Yeah, well, everything's on the website, jemfuller.com. Uh, so J, J-E-M, jemfuller.com. That's the that's where you can find out all the sort of stuff. You can reach out to me there through the contact form as well. But, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty accessible. Uh, jem at jemfuller.com email me if you want to follow i post on insta um pretty much daily um so yeah if, you, if you're interested in seeing the little tips that i put on there that uh, you know i'm on a mission to help people have um easier lives um it's one way of putting it so yeah i share tips on there if you're interested you can follow me on excellent there too. all right and we'll of course post those notes in uh, post those links in the show notes as well all right as we awesome. wrap it up jim what action would you like our listener to take as a result of our conversation today. Oh, look, you know, if you, if you are wanting to implement just a 1% habit, a little tiny 1% that over time will be game changing for you. And I've been sharing this with, with people for a long time now. I call them pause moments. It's very literally that, that you set up, create a habit throughout the day where you have little moments where you just pause, stop what you're doing, take a breath. <sighs> come back to your center and then continue. Um, trust me, this was a game changer for me. Pause moments. And if you want to know how to create habits, go and read <laughs> Atomic Habits by James Clear or just do a habit association thing, simple as this sticky note that says pause, stick it somewhere that you already have a habitual practice. So brushing your teeth, putting the kettle on, um, doing the dishes, wherever you, there's something that you habitually do every day anyway, just get a sticky note, write pause on it, stick it next to the coffee machine. When you go to make your coffee, you see it and you go, ah, pause, take a breath and continue. 
what happens is the, the habits associate with each other and now I don't have a sticky, a, note. A sticky yeah. note all around my house. But I have lots of things yeah. that remind me to pause. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful tip and wonderful calls to action and I think there's lots of positives to come out of that, that pause practice. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Jim. It's been a fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed it and learned a lot. Uh, all the best for the future and I know we'll stay in touch because we live close by and we cross paths quite regularly. Yeah, that's right. Thanks again for having me back on the show, Jürgen. It's been really lovely to watch you um, grow not only your podcast but everything that you do into a global community. Uh, it's, it's, it's inspirational, mate, so yay you. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging, insightful and informative conversation with Jem and took something away from his episode. How about thinking about this right now? Make a game-changing impact with this 1% habit that Jem suggested. Pause moments. It indeed is very simple and powerful. To do it, Set up little moments throughout your day where you pause, stop what you're doing, take a breath, come back to your centre and then go on with whatever you're doing. Start by writing pause on a sticky note and placing it next to habitual practices that you do every day like making coffee. Over time the habit will associate with the regular practice and you'll notice a remarkable difference. For more insights on creating habits, check out James Clear's Atomic Habits. Start this now. See what happens. I'm really curious to learn your experience. I'm sure it can transform your life one pause moment at a time. Gem's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash gemfuller571. That is J-E-M-F-U-L-L-E-R 571, the numbers 571. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash gemfuller571. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Jem there, as well as links to his website, his social media pages, his book, his TEDx talk, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. Now, I'm glad you're still listening in, and I'm sure you've loved this conversation. What's not to love about it? If you think this would be useful to one other person, be brave enough to share the conversation with that one other person. As Jem said, don't worry about what they think about you because you're actually doing them a favour. So share the conversation. Do it now. You know you want to do it. Also, make sure to get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For the cost of just a cup of coffee, you can have your very own permanent record of this show. 50% of all the revenue from the episode token will go directly to Jem as the guest and the other 50% goes towards supporting the show. Think of it as a way to support Jem and tell him that you love this episode. 
Jem suggested that we have a conversation with Tiffany Cook of Roll With The Punches podcast and Joe Panay, creator of the Emotional Fitness Formula on future Innova Buzz podcast episodes. So Tiffany and Joe, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Jem Fuller. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.